What's up, family? It's your boy Clifton. <laughs> oh, man. I'm back at it in the studio again for another episode of my podcast. Yep, we're back for another 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 episode of uh, my podcast. Let's go with uh, mastering love and life with Clifton Brantley. So, as you guys know, I started a new podcast a few weeks ago. And in between that time and this time, I believe Wisdom has said, hey, we don't need to do that. So, that's why I haven't posted on the um, on the other the other channel, so to speak, because I'm, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to keep this one and uh, just keep it going because... That's what works for me, right? I'm just trying to do too much. Anyway, this is this is going to be, I believe, a really good episode. I, I'm I I am excited about it myself. Even though today I'm not talking about, I'm not really talking to married people. Uh, that's that's who I primarily talk to, right? Married couples, but today, or people in relationships. But today, I want to address. Something for the singles, right? Something for the singles. It's about relationships, but it's for single people. And I really hope that this helps you because uh, this is a crucial uh, area. And if you if if you don't get this right, you can you can literally um, mess up. I don't say you can mess up your life. I mean, you can mess up your life, but you you can mess up a lot. Just put it that way. So, so that today I'm going to be talking to you about uh, choosing the right mate, right? Choosing the right, choosing the right mate and some red flags you need to look for. Choosing who to spend your life with. That's one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Ever. Like the only, the only decision that is more important than uh, who you spend your life with, I believe, is who you're going to worship. Like if you're going to serve God or Baal. Outside of that, man, who you spend your life with, it's crucial because uh, who you spend your life with will will determine your level of success, your level of happiness, your level of uh, life pleasure, right? Eve, it can even affect your God-given assignment. If you're not careful, you know who you choose. God gives you an assignment and then you choose someone who just the way they live their life is completely opposite of your assignment. Then you can suffer. But here's the thing, because no one teaches us what to look for, we tend to make choices based on things that don't really matter. We make choices about, you You know, I, I want to ma- marry this person. I want to date this person. I want to be with that person based on things that don't really matter while completely, completely ignoring the things that do matter. So in this episode, I want to help my single people make better choices. OK, now, most people 
who are looking to get married have no idea what they should be looking for. Most people. But honestly, the same people that don't, uh, 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 these are the same people, the ones who don't know what to look for in, in, you know, when it comes to marriage, the same people don't understand the purpose of marriage. And when you don't understand the purpose of something, misuse is inevitable. Like it's, you, <laughs> it's going to happen. And I, I meet people all the time who've married someone that is not the most suitable partner for, for, for their life. And they are suffering greatly because of it. Right. I meet, I meet them all the time, but, but here's what I want to do. I want to highlight a recent conversation that I had with a young man who was recently divorced. Right. So I was on a plane and the guy sitting next to me asked me what I do. So I told him I was a marriage therapist and, and coach. Right. So as we're talking, uh, I told him, you know, he was telling me a story. I was like, man, it sounds like you just made a bad choice when it comes to choosing a mate, right? Your ex-wife it doesn't sound like you guys fit, right? She may have been a good person, but that doesn't mean that you guys were meant to get married. Now, watch this. Ironically, he told me something that I hear from people a lot. Right? I hear this a lot. Uh, but listen, before I even tell you what it is, this is not a reason to get married. What I'm about to share with you is not a reason to get married or even to be thinking about marriage. Here's what he said. He said, I never felt like this any, uh, before. He said, I never felt, I've never felt like this about anyone before. I can't tell you how many times someone has told me that the reason uh, that they are together or the reason they're with this person or the reason like they come to me and they have all kind of major issues, like major issues, but they don't want to let it go. And when I ask why, here's what they say. And a lot, most of the times it's the women, but here's what they say. No one has ever made me feel this special before. But then <laughs> when I start to inquire about these special feelings, turns out what they're labeling as special is actually normal. Like, it's, it's just normal. When you've been abused and mistreated for so long, you think that someone treating you normal is special. That's like, that's like eating, you know, what, spam, or I can't think of a, a, a you know, terrible meat, garbage all your life, and then you get a burger from McDonald's, and you think, this is the best beef I've ever had in my life. And so now you're in love with McDonald's. He said, I really thought we would be great together, but in hindsight, I realized we should have never gotten married. And on the inside, I'm shaking my head saying, you, you, you're right. Y'all probably shouldn't have gotten married. Right. Just because, just because two good people meet doesn't mean they're they're destined to be married. Right. You, you don't have to marry a person just because they have a good heart. Like we get together and this, we're two good people. We should try to make this work. Cause I've heard that too. Right. But, but no, not every good person is compatible with the next good person. You'd be better off finding someone who's more compatible and less uh, electrifying, right? Cause a lot of times we fall for the electricity between us. You know, it's easy to fall in love with somebody, right? Like falling in love is easy. 
That's just an emotional high. And your emotional high is based on your thoughts, right? Your thoughts and like what's going on inside of you. You feel in love because, yeah, because of what they're doing and what they see, but it's your interpretation and what that means for you that makes you feel in love. So that's the problem is we fall in love too fast or we fall in love with the wrong people. That's really the issue. Like, and when I guess the same thing, falling in love too fast, falling in love with the wrong people, with the wrong person. Uh, and then what we try to do is reverse engineer a marriage. Like I fell in love first, but it's the wrong person. But let me try to see if I can make it work. You, you gonna hurt yourself. Right. So anyway, so as we continue to talk, we was on the plan as we continue to talk. He said this, I saw the red flags in the beginning, but I ignored them because I really thought we were meant to be. Right. This is what I call following your heart. Right. Following your heart. When I was growing up, nobody told me that it was dangerous to follow your heart. Like no, Nobody said anything. But after doing life for 51 years, I can tell you following your heart is dangerous. Yeah. Your heart. When, when, we, when, when people say follow your heart, they're talking about uh, how you feel. How you feel cannot run your life. You cannot live your life based on how you feel. You are going to crash and burn multiple times, right? Following your heart is, uh, that's in the movies, that's bad advice. When it comes to making great life choices, you have to use more logic than heart, okay? I'm just telling you even when choosing a mate, right? When you read the Bible, and this is, this is the thing about Christians who don't read the Bible. The God of the Bible, though there's passion, though there's feelings and all those things, uh, God and the way that he says do life is far more practical than it is um, heartfelt. Am I making sense? Right? It's, it's, it's practicality. Logic, do this and that'll happen. So anyway, um, so I want to give, so, so based on that conversation, I want to give you some things to look for, right? Because he had me, he had me really thinking. And so um, I'm not sure how many of these I'll get to. I have several, uh, but we'll see. Okay. So uh, here's the first one. Uh, and I guess these, so I'm, I'm doing these as red flags, I guess. So uh if they can't express what they need in an understandable way, that could be a red flag, right? If they can't, if they cannot express what they need in a way that you can understand or at all, that, 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 that is, that is, I would say that's a red flag, right? He told me that uh, he spent the majority of their relationship trying to figure out what she wants because like she was not self-aware enough to express her own needs. You feel me? She was she wasn't she was so, so whenever she had an issue, she didn't really tell her husband or when she did tell her husband times when she did tell him, uh she didn't have she didn't know what she wanted from him because she didn't know like how to fix it. And so because she did not express herself and so it, because she didn't express herself, I'm sorry, her needs didn't get met. So then here's what she ended up doing. 
She ended up um, being more married to the husband in her head than the one that's in her bed or the one that was in her bed, right? She ended up being more married to the husband that was in her head than the one that was in her bed. The husband that was in her head was not a good person. Mm-mm. No, because he told me uh, the person that was in her head, he was inconsiderate, not affectionate, rude, act like he was better than her, right? She, all this stuff. But, but the thing was, she didn't know that she was making all that up, right? She was misinterpreting, uh, let's call him John. So she was misinterpreting John's behavior because she was doing marriage in her head instead of in life. Right. If you are dating someone and you have to constantly figure out what they think, need and feel. That, my friend, is a red flag. Like you did. That that can be frustrating. Right. And again, so many people get caught up in the movies. And, you know, so in the movies, when you fall in love, the person could just read your mind like they just show up with flowers because they know you need them or want them or you know, like, because I love you, I know you. I'm telling you guys, I, and I keep saying it, that is only real in the movies. You guys got to have conversations. Y'all got to open up. Y'all got to talk. Y'all have to get to know each other. Right? John told me whenever he had an issue uh, that he wanted to bring up, then she would always get defensive. And before the conversation was over, he was the one in trouble and he never got his needs met because why? Because she's living in her head. Right. And so when you're living in your head, let me, let me deal with this a little bit. When you're living in your head. Um, so let's, I'll use myself for example. So let's say uh, I come home and I normally greet my wife with a kiss, but for a period of time, let's say I stop doing that. If my wife is like this lady where she's just living in her head and not being verbal, She's having thoughts about why I stopped kissing her, but she's not telling me. But also, not only is she having thoughts about why it's happening, she also is making conclusions about why it's happening. But again, not talking to me. So when she makes up in her mind, he's inconsiderate or rude or he's being distant because he's not kissing me. That's what she interacts with. And then the real husband, which would be me in this example, have, first of all, I have no clue until you guys talk about the issue or me. I'm sorry, I'm using me as an example. So until we talk about the issue. And then I know I would be like, well, I didn't I didn't even know you felt that way. And I didn't know that, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just a bad way to do marriage or relationships. You got to you got to express yourself. Right. But like John said, John said, um, you know, she was always defensive whenever he brought up an issue. But that leads me to red flag number two. Okay. If the person that you are considering marrying is always defensive, meaning they don't take responsibility for nothing. You tell them, Hey, you stepped on my shoe. And their response is, well, I didn't see it though. Hey, you stepped on my shoe. Well, it shouldn't have been in the way. Hey, you stepped on my shoe. I wasn't trying to. All of those are defensive responses. If the person you're marrying is always defensive, that's a red flag, a huge red flag. John Gottman says that defensiveness is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. 
He says, when you see the four, the four horsemen, divorce is inevitable, right? And defensiveness is one of them. In a, here, let me tell you about defensiveness. So in a worst case scenario, defensiveness is actually like gaslighting, right? And I don't, I don't want to go into like describing and detailing gaslighting, but look that up. Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse. And when you are defensive all the time, it starts to look like gaslighting and it might be right. It, it might be, but, but if your partner is being defensive or if you, if you know you're the one that's being defensive, you need to pump your own brakes, a relationship that like, you need to work that out because you guys got to be able to come to each other and say, Hey, I don't like this. I don't like that. How else do you expect to learn to love each other? Okay. But the problem is when you're living a fearful life, Everything that your partner says that you're not doing perfectly, you take personal. But that's a different that's a different story. I'm not going that way. Right. So uh, John told John told me towards the end of the marriage, he realized that they did not share the same core values. Right. He said, you know, well, we got to the end. I, I realized I wish I realized this in the beginning, but I realized at the end we didn't share the same core values. Red flag number three. Right. If you are in love, but your core values don't match or at least complement each other, that's a red flag. By the way, you know, red means stop, right? Like uh, yellow says, be careful. Green says you may go. But red says stop. Most importantly, you know, that's a, that's a song, a little rhyme I learned in elementary school. I still got that in there. It's interesting. Red and no, that's a different song. That's a different song. But how did I wait a minute? Red and yellow and pink and green, purple and orange and blue. You can sing a rainbow, sing a rainbow, sing a rainbow too. Listen with your eyes. Listen with your eyes and sing everything you see. Red and yellow and... I'm sorry, y'all had to go back to elementary school with me. A trigger happened and it wasn't a bad one. And so I decided to stay on that thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was so interesting. What grade was I in? I don't know. Okay, let me get back on track. Let me get back on track. Okay, so what was I, what was I saying? Um, core values. Yeah, red flag if y'all don't have matching core values. And here's the thing about core values. This happens a lot, right? People get married and never talk about core values. Like, what? They never talk about core values. The thing is, you may not ask about core values, but I can assure you they have them and so do you, right? Like, it's it's the way you can tell what a core, a person's core values are by watching the way they live. Listen, and, and I know this is probably going to fall on deaf ears. I, I know this is going to fall on deaf ears, particularly if your wedding is fast approaching. Because I've experienced it before, right? I tell somebody, hey, blah, blah, blah. That's a red flag. Y'all shouldn't get married. And the wedding is in the next few months. They don't pay attention. They run on through that red flag. And guess where they be in the next few months? Sitting on my couch. But listen, uh, you cannot ignore core value incompatibility. 
I'm telling you what I know. You cannot do that, right? You guys need to sit down and talk about what your values are. You need to talk and you need to see, like, do they match? Because if one of you values uh, freedom and one of you values, uh, or let, let me, a better one, one of you values privacy and one of you values sharing everything, no passwords and whatnot, like y'all going y'all gonna to bump heads. Matter of fact, let me give you, let me, give, let me tell you some of my core values. Let me give you some of my core values. Um, because some of you may not have a list of core values and this can maybe help you start. I don't know. So, uh, actually I wrote some down. I got 10 right here. Oh, let me open this thing, open this file. Cause I was working on them one day. I was like, you know, let me write down my core values. They've been in my head, but let me write it down. So, uh, here we go. Connection. I don't know if that's my number one core value, but it's the number one I put on there, right? Connection, uh, being connected, that's a core value for me. Like I'm not one of those kind of persons that like to be in a relationship and like we just, you know, two nights, two, two ships passing in the night. That ain't, that ain't me. I'd rather be alone. I, yeah. I, uh, uh, another core value, uh, meaningful conversation. I love meaningful conversation. If we all never talk about nothing but, hey, how you doing? How was your day? Yeah, I'm. that's that's not that. I don't. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> um, see, I'm not going to read all of them. What else? I value friendship. Friendship is high. I, one of my core values is friendship. Um, I believe that uh, what the Bible says, a friend will stick closer than a brother. I believe that friends oftentimes are closer than a brother or are more important than family because your family, you don't get to choose, but your friends, you do, right? I chose you to be in my life. I value friendship. I've always wanted the kind of friendship like Jonathan and David had, right? I remember I was, I was a young boy when I read the story of Jonathan and David, and the Bible says that Jonathan loved David as himself. Like, that's the kind of friendship I'm, I'm talking about. Another one of my core values, learning, I love learning. I love growing, right? I read, I watch videos. Like, I love learning. I love learning. And then I'm going to just give you one more. Spiritual connection. Core value. Like, I couldn't, be, I, I couldn't be married to someone and there's no spiritual connection. Like, I shouldn't say I couldn't be. I wouldn't want to. That's a better way. I would not want to be married to someone and we have no spiritual connection. Right. And I'm not going to dive into what that is because I'm not necessarily talking about me, but that's important. Right. So it's just an example of, of some of my, my my values. Right. But I encourage you to write yours down. OK, write them down. Uh, you you and your partner, you guys sit down and you talk about your core values and see if they match. Right. Because there may be some stuff in there that you want to run from. I'm telling you. So just, just FYI. Uh, another thing that John told me was that he and his ex-wife were not spiritually compatible. Now, for me, was well, I just told you about my you know, spiritual connection, core value. For me, not being spiritually compatible is a huge red flag. A huge red flag. Is that number four? Number four. That's a huge red flag. If you are not spiritually compatible, then y'all need to pump the brakes. Right? I ain't saying y'all need to break up, but you need to slow down and I say stop 
and and like evaluate that thing. What do I mean by spiritual compatibility? Uh, so, well, first of all, it doesn't mean that you both have to be at the same level spiritually, right? That doesn't that it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that you guys interact with God the same way, right? One of you may pray every day. The other one may pray three times a week. One may read the Bible in the morning. One may read the Bible all day on Saturday. Like, you know, that's not it. But what spiritual compatibility means is, at least the way I define it, it means that you believe the same things about the same God, right? And he said, John, uh, the guy I was talking to, he said that his wife professed to be Christian, but she lived her life as if everything depended on her, right? She had no passion for God. She never read the Bible, right? He said she, uh, she never learned what it meant to walk by faith, right? But actually, th- as I think about it, this is one of those red flags that is, is, is subjective, right? It's subjective because, like, this won't be important for everybody. Everybody will not necessarily need uh, spiritual compatibility, right? That was John's issue, and it, it would be mine if I had it, right? Um, but but it's not it's not for everybody. It's, this is not important for everybody. Personally, I do not understand how this could not be important, but for some people, it's just not, right? See, I grew up I grew up churchy, right? I grew up churchy, so to speak. So. Um, not only is my passion for God an area of compatibility for me, but also my churchy idiosyncrasies, right? That's and that's not a, that's not a huge thing. That's just like a you know like having a compatible sense of humor. Like that's just cool, right? What do I mean by that? Well, you probably have an idea what I mean about churchy you know idiosyncrasies. Um, and so, so I don't want to explain that, but, but, but what that does make me think about is this, another red flag. This one, this one wasn't necessarily on my list, but, but, oh, it is at the list, it's at the bottom. But anyway, uh, so let's just move this one up to the top. Uh, number five, what is number five? The next red flag is this, if you are dating to get married, make sure that the person you are choosing has a lifestyle compatible to yours, right? So like when I was talking about the, the, the churchy idiosyncrasies, that's really lifestyle, right? That's part of how I grew up. That's kind of how I, you know, part of my personality. Uh, but red flag number five, if, if y'all don't have compatible lifestyles, for example, you love to party and have fun, but they don't. They, they like to be boring. Y'all probably shouldn't get married. Then again, Maybe that's what you want. Maybe you want someone that's, you know, the complete opposite of you. Okay. So then that, may, that means don't marry someone who likes to party like you do. In other words, here's what I'm saying. You need to first be self-aware. Okay. You need to be self-aware enough to know what kind of personality and lifestyle complements you. And then you need to look for that. You feel me? So, like, if you are a hardcore sports fanatic, don't get with someone who hates sports. That's just not wise, right? You you die hard, love God, but you want to marry a crackhead who ain't never been to church. 
That's just not wise because you fell in love with her because she or he made you feel better than you've ever felt when you've been feeling like crap all your life. Right. And if you're like me and committed to personal development, you're not going to jail well with someone who never looks in the mirror and always complaining. Right. Because because if our lifestyles are not compatible, then you're not you're not like you're not trying to change for me. And I sure ain't trying to change for you. And that shouldn't be like we shouldn't have to do that. Right. If we if we don't push through these red flags in the beginning, then some of this stuff can be alleviated. All right. Look for someone who have a compatible lifestyle and compatible personality with yours. Right. Now, um, I have more. Uh, I think this is about as long as I want to go. I'm right at 30 minutes. So, uh, let me see. Let me see. Cause I'm, I'm gonna do one more. I'm gonna do this one, right? I'm gonna do this one since I just mentioned personal development, right? Um, this, this, this is, and so, and by the way, I think I'm going to do a part two because there's still some really good ones on here that I have not covered. I, so I know I'm going to do a part two, just not sure when, but I'm going to do a part two. But listen, the biggest red flag of them all when it comes to choosing a husband or wife is this. If they are not committed to personal development, you'd better slam on the brakes, get out the car and run. Listen Nothing is more important for us humans than to keep growing in knowledge and wisdom. Right? It's one of the most important things. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Right? If a person isn't committed to personal development, then they are not marriage material. Period. And they're not marriage material. Marriage is God's idea. And because marriage is God's idea, relationships, that's God's idea. And how we do, do them well, we do them well the way he says do it. So if you're not committed to personal development, you're not ready to be married. Why is that? Because, watch this, on this planet, all we have to choose from are flawed and broken people. Flawed, broken, and imperfect. That's all we got to choose from. So the only way that two human beings who are flawed and imperfect can spend their lives together and be healthy is if they both are committed to growing, fixing and changing to be their best self. Did you know that uh, God is anti-average? Yeah, God is anti-average. There's nothing average about God. And so there's nothing average supposedly or supposed to be about his children. Nothing. Not only that, not only is like God anti-average, but 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 uh, it is 100 percent. Selfish, 100. Like completely, it is complete. That's what I mean when I say 100. It is completely selfish of you to agree to intimately tie your life to someone else and not be diligent about working on you. 
I'm telling you. So, how many was that? Was that five? Man, I thought I was going to get through more than that. Okay, so that was five. I have plenty more, right? Join me next time as I give you more red flags to look for. And, um, well, I guess, I guess they will all be red flags with commentary in the meaning, in, in between to tell you what to look for, right? And, and the thing is, guys, some of these red flags, if they are ignored, you can end up suffering greatly, right? So, like I know I said, some of them are subjective and they are. But at the end of the day, you need to know you. You need to have done whatever work you need to do to work on your childhood stuff or whatever. And hopefully that person has done a, cer a certain level of work too. Nobody's going to show up to marriage perfect. That's why you got to be committed to personal development. Okay? So, um, suffering in marriage is not something that you want. So, we need to be wiser in our choices i do believe that a lot of divorces happen because folk married the wrong people from the beginning and i've been i've been saying that for years right so my the three the three main reasons i believe people get divorced well i should say two because at the core of every divorce is pride so pride is like the the core thing and then these other two things are rooted in pride but choosing the wrong person from the beginning well, three things. I think these three things. Choosing the wrong person from the beginning, like you married the wrong person. Uh, number two, not being committed to personal development. I believe that can cause divorce because you ain't working on your stuff. And like, if you're toxic, like, it's going to tear it up. And then number three, understanding. I believe a lot of people get divorced because of a misunderstanding a few misunderstandings that has just been the undercurrent of the relationship for the whole time they've been together because they never really got to know each other don't let that be you okay so anyway until next time make it your business to let somebody know that you care about them <laughs>